The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to the Flyers Talk Podcast. Katie Emmer, right back with you guys, joined alongside by... I'm Jordan Hall, and we are your home for everything and anything Flyers-related. Everything. We don't, we don't miss anything. We even anything. have some some fun. We have some hockey jokes. Singular. That's the, One hockey joke of the day coming up later on. That's the most important thing. It's going to be good. Yeah. We need to catch up. Before we get into the, the recent Flyers things that have happened... <laughs> I want to talk about parking in the street in Philadelphia. This is something I'm getting used to still. I moved here. I was like, oh, these people aren't in the turning lane. These people are actually, there aren't people in the car. Um, I'm getting used to it, though. And now I have, like, my mom, people come in. Oh, there's there's cars in the street. This is a thing. Can you tell us when you first realized people were parking in the middle down was it down broad yes it was yeah you South thought, Philly. You it was, it was literally like on my way lane? to the rink yeah I, I i was literally blinker on i was kind of waiting and i mean i'll admit i was like checking my phone because it was taking forever and i'm like i finally was like it has literally been five minutes of me sitting here and i looked to the side and yeah it was like two cars and there was that gap right there and i remember because a car clearly pulled out from that gap so i like pulled up in that gap and little did i know i was parked i guess <laughs> But anyway, well, now, you know, you can do it, too. You know, if you're looking fun. for a spot one night, I'm going to admit I have done it. I ran in the post office. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Philly people rock. Exactly. So really loving that part. Um, anyway, By the way, did you just get, wanted to talk about that before we even get away from that. Did you end up getting that ticket or did no, you know? No, no, we're so not getting survived. into that. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I am parking ticket free in Philadelphia and I'm going to keep it that way. That's you not know? easy. Kate. That's, pr- that's impressive. Oh, you just got it. You just. You're the best. Do you know that? You just kill them with kindness. Anyway, um, Flyers. The Flyers are um, a fun team right now. We're we're coming up on a, a little bit of a hard stretch of games, but it has been sort of a uh, hard stretch of games with the way things have gone. Um, most recently, as we're recording this, it was the Islanders last night, Jordan. This team is your your high hopes are there. Um, you see what they're capable of playing against top teams. They took care of the Capitals, but then you have times where they have a hard first period, like they did last night, and things like that. I don't know if they can happen if you're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you're playing. And uh, three first period goals again against the Islanders. They now have given up 44 first period goals on the season. That's the 40. I'm, excuse me, 44 first period goals on the road this season. Yeah. That's the most in the NHL. Um, and the next closest are the Devils at 35. So 
uh, that's been a problem all season, and it kind of reared its ugly head last night uh, against the Islanders. So it was a commendable comeback. You got to give them that. But at the same time, they didn't have to be in that position if they just came out the right way. So uh, a tough, tough game there. Um, Katie, I'm anxious to get your thoughts. I think I was getting a different vibe from people. Some people were thinking, well, you know what? Given credit, they came back, you know, lost in the final seconds. You move on. And then some people were saying, hey, that's that's a crushing, crushing loss. I don't know how we're going to get back from that one. Um, I was more on the side of, yeah, I think it's a pretty demoralizing loss. You had a chance to take over third place. You had a chance to beat a divisional team. Um, you fight like hell to come back from 3 nothing. You tie it yeah. in the final minute and a half and change. And then you, you come away with no points. I thought that was a pretty demoralizing loss. Um, I'm not saying I don't think the Flyers can respond. I think they're still in an, an okay spot, but... Uh, I thought that was a missed opportunity. I'm anxious to hear what you think. Yeah, so, you know, immediately when I said first periods like that, I'm not sure if you can have them if you're trying to make the playoffs. I think, like, they certainly don't help you. I think you're going to make mistakes. Teams, yes, they need to be perfect. You need to have everything working on all levels. Your rookies, everyone working together. Your top guys are scoring. Everything needs to be working if you really want to make it into that final final round for the Stanley Cup race. Um, But with this team – Seeing things like that last night, it's never pleasant. We've heard Sean Couturier, I hate to go back to this horrible road trip we had after the holiday break, Yeah. but I heard things like that. We, it's not pleasant to be chasing the game. Specifically, that problem was that first period, it just took them a while to get going. Yeah. The, you know, those few games in a row where they're getting uh, swamped, it was like 3 nothing, 4 nothing after one after the next. And just on another note, I've drank too much coffee. I, like, can't even talk today. <laughs> anyway. I love uh, the energy, though. <laughs> too much energy. Um, no, but <clears throat> games like last night, it, uh, things like that, it's never pleasant for these guys to be chasing the game. Um, Al even said this on our broadcast. I, I asked him, you know, a positive way. Can you look at this with a positive twist that, you know, their response? And he's like, there's nothing positive about this. <laughs> you know, you have to be getting at least a Al's point right. getting out of uh, Brooklyn. But, no, for me – I would, you know, I would agree with that. There, there can't be these errors that you make. But for, for me and for fans out there, I do believe, to resonate with the fans, I do believe there is a bit of positivity seeing that this team doesn't just give up. They do fight. Um, yeah. they show, they've showed every time that they've gotten down at least the majority of these games, which that first period is very important. They need to be working on it. Yeah. It's a problem. It really is, especially on the road. It really is. But the, but the positive, for me, at least the way I see it, is that they can – stay in these games at least and, and fight to come back. But yeah, that was yeah. so tough last night. I mean, I see Couturier score and I, I get so into these games in the studio. Oh, we're, I can hear We're you. about to go it's on. And I wanted that game to go to OT. I wanted them to get the extra point and hopefully the, or I wanted them to get the point and hopefully the extra point. And those moments too, I mean, you've played sports, you've been around sports in the final moments like that games are so exciting. And when Couturier scored that one, um, I think it was like, what, a minute and a half left. It was like a minute 32. And it's just so like, yes, like you. Yeah. And I remember watching it all the way from the start. I don't know if you noticed, Claude Giroux on the bench was like pointing at Voracek, like you go here. And yeah. Tarion just backed off. He's like, oh, I, I'm not going to get in the way of the captain. Like it was a very big moment. I noticed that Giroux took initiative to like set this thing up. They were going to execute. They wanted that game, mm. um, which they should have. Um, but yeah, just seeing the way they, they were able to execute – and unfortunately, on the other side, that bullet goal, I mean, that was an absolute laser. That was a howitzer. That slap shot, I couldn't even keep up with it. Do you think it was stoppable, though? Do you... <sighs> Top shelf, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Elaine Vigneault said after the game he thought they should have gotten a block shot or a save there. 
and I think it was JVR. I'm pretty sure. I'll have to double check, but I think it was JVR that was kind of near the point. And I don't know if he just didn't get down or um, I don't even know if he can block that shot. It's, I'm literally cringing right now. Like my face is imagining like cringing, blocking that. just imagining stepping right. in front of that shot. Right. I'm not, I'm not like, calling out JVR, but I think he was in the vicinity. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I can't imagine. That, that was a, that was a <laughs> nasty, nasty slap shot, top shelf. Um, I think it, I personally thought it was stoppable. Um, but it would have been, it's, it's, it's a really good shot. So you got to give him yeah. credit. Uh, I think they just expended so much energy <laughs> trying yeah. to come back. And like you said, you saw all the emotions when they, they finally got that game time goal after they came so close so many times. Um, and then they just kind of let their guard down for a little bit and just got pinned in their own end. And the Islanders took advantage and gosh, a point would have been so, so important there. Uh, if they could come back from three, nothing and just get a point on a, in a road divisional game. Uh, but they come away with nothing. Um, if, but if we've seen anything, this team is, they've gotten down, they get right back up. Uh, so now they have another big game against the Panthers, a team that's yeah. only three points behind them, uh, in the wild card race. So, uh, they got to erase that quickly. I think Matt Niskanen was saying the other day, it's all about having that selective short memory. Like you really need to flush things quickly and then come right back. Uh, I think this will test them to see if they can do that and just try to forget about this one. Cause I don't think fans are going to forget about no. it. No, and I mean, Jones even said this on the broadcast, too. You can't let games like these linger. You can't right. let this add. And my uh, guys at the desk, too. I mean, one after the next is so important. You don't let that just slowly add up the losses, and then you find yourselves completely out of the picture. So right, right now is a time that, I mean, that first period, you have to be correcting that. You said, too, they, they lead in goals against on the road in that first 20 minutes. And honestly, going back to last night, I don't want to sit on this game too much. Um, fans know it was a loss. We're going to move on from this one um, with our, our topics. Hopefully the Flyers will too, going back yeah. to that subject. But one more comment is the pressure put on these goaltenders in the first 20 minutes. How many yeah. times have we seen, even when Alex Lyon had a fill-in for Carter Hart, they really have to be like helping these guys get their feet under them for the first 20. And, and I don't know what it is. There's some nights where we the Flyers have the start um, that they were wanting, but it's it's an important first period, and I think it's it could be a problem if you let things like that happen again because you don't want to be chasing games specifically as we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season. Right, and you just need like a timely save from time to time, you know, in that first period that kind of allow your you know your skaters to get, like you said, Katie, to find their legs and find some confidence, some rhythm. Sometimes it takes you know the first few minutes to like get going and um, and find the game's rhythm. Uh, it's different game to game and. Um, if you don't get a timely save, then yeah, all of a sudden you're down and and then you're trying to chase. So uh, yeah, they have it's weird. They just haven't gotten that on the road. I think at home we see it all the time. Like their goalies will make like a big save, they, the fans get into it, and then all of a sudden it feels like the Flyers are dictating the game. Um, they have not gotten that on the road, and we saw it in the second and the third period against the Islanders. Like they were the they were the better team. Like they looked like a different team yep. in that first period. It's just something with them in the first period that they got to figure out because. Um, the road doesn't get easier. Uh, they have they have tougher road games ahead. They still got to go to D.C. once more. They still got to go to Tampa. Um, so, yeah, uh, they still have some games to play that are not going to be easy and definitely want to come out strong because uh, you can't waste many more games. Thankfully, I think I know they have 25 games left, so that's a positive. Uh, but you really don't want to waste any more, especially when it comes within the division. And, Katie, they have 10 divisional games left. So 
they're all going to be big. Gosh, it's so nuts how, how fast it goes. We're already at this point. Yeah. Um, you use the word positive. You know me. Love to stay positive. Put a positive Hit twist on, on things, of it. course. Um, I'm realistic, too. Sure. But a positive, another positive as of late has been the Blue Liners. The defensemen have really, um, specifically what we saw in that Florida Panthers game, taking yeah. shots from the point, yeah. and they, you know, put pucks on that. Get Good pucks things happen, Jordan. On that. Good things happen. Um, but... As someone who's really stood out to me, he was a birthday boy in that Florida Panthers game, and now we see him step up again the other night. Robert Haig. Um, wait, was his birthday in Washington? His birthday was in Washington. Yes, uh, in D.C. Yes, yeah, oh my gosh, these games all mixed together. Yeah, no, for sure. birthday boy then stood out in the Florida Panthers game. Yeah. Had another night last night. Robert Haig has really stepped up to the plate lately. He has, and he's making the coach's decisions really difficult. As we know, Shane Gossespierre is not quite back or up to speed right now, but uh, they're expecting that he will be soon, and uh, when he is, they're going to have a tough decision because Robert Hegg seemed like he was the obvious guy out, Katie, uh, when they had seven healthy defensemen, but he has played really well. I think he's given them exactly what they need, uh, a real simple game, and um, he's been a positive player uh, in the plus-minus category. Uh, he doesn't make mistakes. Um, he's been good in his own end. He's done everything I think you would want. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a difficult decision when they have seven healthy defensemen. I really don't know how they're going to shake it out. Uh, you use the word obvious guy out. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. I, I don't know if I like it, Jordan. I know you, I, you I don't liked think Robert Hagg. Well, right. But I don't think he was ever that obvious guy. I think okay. they've always had this problem throughout the season. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, and it's a good problem to have. We've looked through this all season long, asked Elaine Vigneault just about what you're going to do tomorrow, what are you going to do in this game. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're happy with the problem they have, considering the last few seasons with the way defensemen have gone. Um, so I don't think he's ever been the obvious guy out. Um, we saw even, I forgot what part of the season this was, but the, even the Phil Myers and the Robert Hag and just that whole transition, all of them have been fighting for a spot. But. Yeah. What, who, Hag is Hag has been there. If you had to pick someone to come out today, say say Shane Gossespierre is fully healthy, ready to go, who's your Robert Hag? Robert Hag's your odd man out. Oh no, he's not my. I no. thought you were saying who I want in. Oh, I'm sorry. Who's your odd man out? If everyone is fully healthy, ready to go. Um, you know, despite that loss last night, things have been working. I would keep Ghost out, um, okay. Gossespierre out, and sure. I would put um keep the way things are. And I think honestly, we've used this before. Elaine, v, that's something he does. But at the same time, we're like, oh, he won't make any changes. And then we see last night, Farabee is back from c- recovering from the flu. He pulls Frost out. I mean, we yeah. never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But uh, with the way things have gone, the defensemen have been a bright spot lately. If I'm Shane Gossespair, I'm sure he's frustrated. Like, he wants to get back out there. We saw him at practice. He's yeah. There's clearly some frustrations, um, hoping for a speedy recovery from him. Uh, but right now, it's it's a hard position for him just considering the way the defensemen have played together wouldn't you agree or do you disagree no um I would put Shane in if he's healthy oh really yes and I'm actually leaning towards I think I would take Philip Myers out I I really like Philip Myers and his potential but I've seen too much like I feel like he's not totally Jordan he had a great end of the third period last night though or end of the game yeah he did other than the (laughs) other than that goal other than that goal which cost them the whole game but yeah. there was a lot of, I mean, there was, <laughs> jumping on you, there was a lot of. Don't attack me. I'm so nice. Um, fatigue going <laughs> up into the final, no, I like the this. final I like few this. minutes. I, I know we saw him out there. There's no really, he looked a little disoriented on that goal, but he didn't want to get in front of Elliot to screen his vision of that fast slap shot coming yeah. his way from Pollock. Like, yeah, so he, there was a little mishap there at the end, but, and we've seen some of that. 
But I think the, he has shown, and it's hard for Elaine Vino, I'm sure, because he shows positivity. He, he does good things out there, but he's not very consistent with it. But yeah. I don't think you pull him out. No, I think that's fair. For me, I'm starting to see this with the defensive pairing. I think those are really good points. I, I honestly do. I think, oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> but I'm about to bless you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, Phil, I think with Philip Myers and Travis Sanheim, I actually really like the potential of that pair. But I think you have two players that are very similar in style that like they're going to push the pace and they're they're gonna want to pinch and join the off you know, join the attack. And you don't have a, a homebody. Exactly. Okay. I feel like you have that kind of balance throughout the defensive pair pairs, but you don't have it with Myers and Sanheim. I think if you brought Gossespair in and say you put Justin Braun with Travis Sanheim, you have that balance of a guy that's gonna stay back and then let Sanheim be the guy that pushes and then Braun will be the man back uh, for a potential counterattack. Same with Shane Gossespierre and uh, if you put him with Robert Haig. I think it would be the same balance. Philip Myers, I, I love him. I think he's a great player. I think he's got great potential. The, the uh, general manager, Chuck Fletcher, said he was bullish on his potential this offseason. But I feel like we've seen a lot of like mistakes you see glimpses where you're like, man, that was a really good play, and then you see a lot of mistakes, and then you see him fight his confidence a little bit. I'm not saying that would be for good. I think it would be good to maybe see him come out for a game or two, see how the pairs work with Gossip Spare. Um, I just think it's it's hard to shish. It's <laughs> English is not yes. the first language today, and that's okay. I may have just cursed, both... cursed by accident. Okay. Um, no, okay. I think it's hard to sit Shane Gossip Spare uh, when he's healthy. Um, but I do think his situation is awfully difficult because, you know, everything about his game is mobility and elusiveness. He has knee surgery. He's not 100% from it. He's, you know, battling kind of the after effects of it. The season's getting late, and he's already had a difficult season to begin with, and now he's just fighting for a spot, let alone when he gets in. You can only hope that he looks and feels like himself. So right. he's got to be frustrated. We saw his frustration the other day, Katie, when yeah. he threw his stick and stormed off the ice. Uh, it was abrupt, and you can tell it was just probably a mix of frustration and maybe just not feeling back to 100%. So it's a really weird situation moving forward. But like you said, a good problem to have, I think, for the Flyers. Yeah, look, Chingas is spare. Fans have seen his potential. He's His ability to score in the past and, in you know, the good things he's able to do out there. Um, him in the lineup would bring that extra spark. Uh, he's been around this team. He knows what they need. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. My challenge to you is you're talking about, you know, Myers making the mistakes. And I've mentioned that too. Any player is going to have positives and negatives out there on the ice day in and day out. You would hope if they're playing in the NHL, the negatives are very minimal. Um, for him, yes, he's made mistakes. There's been turnovers that have cost a lot for this team. But don't you remember when Travis Sanheim was the same at the beginning of the season? Yeah. Travis Sanheim had the same thing. Justin Braun, there's going to there's gonna be turnovers, and you notice it. Like, with defensemen, if you're not, like, noticing them on the ice, it's normally a good thing because like, yeah. you didn't see them make any bad plays. But with Phil Myers, um, you're talking about pulling him out for the – and I just feel like uh, going back to the pair, you talked about him and Sanheim together – I always think about what would Elaine Vigneault love so much with these two, and you say they have the same styles together. Um, I feel that seeing the way Sanheim has been able to even end up on the score sheet pretty well as of late, how many goals does he have against uh, Bobrovsky, by oh my the God, way? It's six. It's crazy. It's crazy. But um, if you, like, my question to you, if you saw Phil Myers um, chipping in with as many goals or scoring opportunities as, as maybe Travis Sanheim, would you keep him in? 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think everyone He's loves got him defensive him. capability. He does. And like I think he's been off like positionally and like gap control and stuff like that. Like you just see him make a like a bad judgment call in terms of that. But the offensive upside is there. And yeah, if he was producing, I would be like, gosh, keep that guy in. That's um, what I'm saying. That's so my biggest hard. question was yeah. like, if he's producing, like you see with Travis Sanheim, because I feel like if Sanheim wasn't producing, we'd maybe say the same thing. No, 100%. With those two. I mean, yeah. he's a, a great skater, Sanheim. Right. Um, there's different perks with both of them. But I just feel like, I, I feel like with the coaching staff, if you take Myers out and, I mean, would you put Ghost, by the way? Who would you put Ghost with? I'd probably put Ghost with Haig. Okay. And I probably put Justin Braun with Travis Sanheim, I think, and maybe and those mix two work together too, uh, Braun and Sanheim earlier. Yeah, in the they season. worked well earlier in the season. Um, but I just like those two. I mean, at first I, like, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Two young guys playing, but I feel like they've adapted to each other. They both have that same yeah. style in a way, and um, it's one of those things where I think the coaching staff eventually is just waiting for that to start working again. Is this the time you want to be doing that? I don't know. But right. I think if it's working, last night aside, uh, I want to talk about that yeah. play. But, like, uh, just if it's working, I feel like stick with it. Who knows? But as nope. always, we're hoping Shane Goss' spare, you know, gets back soon. He's healthy to his full 100% healthy soon. Um, certainly a time I'm sure he wants to be back helping his team do a playoff push. Yeah, and I've always been an advocate, too, of, like, let the young players play. Let them learn from their mistakes. Um, I guess it's just at a time where it's becoming more and more difficult to stomach that like philosophy in the sense that uh, these games are massive and um, you want like young kids playing. That was the whole Flyers philosophy mm. in rebuilding this whole thing was, you know, draft, develop, and eventually have these kids up here and uh, and let them learn and play and blossom into players. And I think Phil Myers will. Um, but it is difficult uh, at this time of year where the games are so huge. Um, Robert, yeah, and Robert Hayes, and I'll say this too, Philip Myers is being asked to, you know, push the envelope um, and do and take risk. Mm-hmm. Where Robert Hag has the luxury of like they they're not asking him to do that. Like they're just asking him to stay, be as simple as possible, make the smart read, the smart pass, uh, finish her checks, all that fun stuff. Um, whereas Philip Myers and Travis Sanheim are are really asked to get up ice, join the attack, make smart reads. And yeah, push the envelope and, and get the offense going. So that's difficult because when you when you're asked to do that, you will have to take risk, and then sometimes it can backfire. So um, I think it's a good thing when Phil Myers is doing that. Uh, there's just been some plays where I'm like, ah, eh, you know, maybe it couldn't hurt to get him out for a game and have him watch. Because um, Robert Hayes just made it so tough to take him out. Like yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, it's a t- I'm glad I'm not making the decision. Again. In summary, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. I want to go back to this play last night. Um, and I, I mean, I guess I could describe it for fans that, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of us are haunted by that just the way. I think how much time? It was like 35 seconds left on the clock. I can't exactly remember the exact amount of time. When the Islanders scored. Pollock. Yeah, Pollock uh, 40, scored. There was 41 seconds. This is why you're great. Yeah. You the numbers. And, and it was. I knew it was very, it was less than a minute. And it was 51 seconds after the Flyers had scored. So yeah. less than a minute after the Flyers scored. In personnel, at least defensively on the ice, in that moment was Phil Myers and Travis Sanheim. Yeah. Um, certainly a question mark for why they may have been out there. You would hope in a moment like that they would be able to secure it. But that's a time... You know, you need to have either your veteran guys out there. And Elaine Vino after the game saying it was fatigue, 
that the guys Niskanen and uh, Provorov were resting. And for me, it's hard to believe Provorov would get tired considering he's always out there. Um, but I guess they do ask those guys to play a crazy amount of minutes. Yeah. And at that point, maybe they really were just like, like maybe he was just trying to get his freshest line out there and just ask them to be hockey players and not, you know, like, as I know some people were debating like, oh, well, why didn't he get like their defensive line out there or their best defensive line? Uh, like, I don't think you want to get defensive there, Katie. I don't know. I think you want to like just get your best guys out there. That makes the most sense and try to win the hockey game. Yeah. Like, I don't think you want to like cover up and all of a sudden just be defensive uh, and hope for the best. Um, so I had no problem with how Vino had the lineup out there. Did you? No. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that you... Gosh, I mean, that's kind of a challenge for me to think. I yeah. think that, uh, yes, I would have liked to see Niskanen, maybe some more veteran leadership out there in a time like that sure. where he's been in these close situations. Um, and Pollock is a player that you can't take lightly to when he's on the ice. It was just kind of like a mismatch for me. He had so much um, space, too. And so much space. And I just – I don't know too much about any, like um, – I don't know what the word I'm trying to use here, but like in the wrong spot, Phil Myers, that's all I noticed was him. He kind of looked like he didn't know where he was going to go. But after a while, Al was, Al was explaining to me, like, you can't be getting in front of Elliot. You can't be screening him. So he was in a tough spot. Yeah. And I just feel like in those moments, they seemed like they weren't ready for that. Like they felt the pressure on them. Yeah. And um, it cost you the game. Yeah. But you would expect, we'd, we'd talk so much about that pairing. You would expect they'd be able to handle something like that. Um, yeah. Especially in this time of the season, you're in the NHL. Um, but things happen. And, so. and look at it as hopefully it's a good learning moment for everyone right. that was on the ice, especially a young defensive pair. Um, right. You know, you learn through your mistakes, and hopefully they take it into the next game uh, in Florida. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that, Katie. As, yeah. You know, the schedule is – it does not get easier. Um, no. And they, nope. have, they have Columbus. They have the Blue Jackets twice next week. Uh, two huge divisional games with a team that's right there with them. Um, and I'm sure you saw, Katie, the Seth Jones injury for Columbus could be, uh, you know – it could be a break for the Flyers, given that he might not get back uh, until like the tail end of the regular season, or if they're going to the playoffs. So, uh, the Flyers won't see Seth Jones, but um, uh, I, I think that's a big, big. I think it's a huge game Thursday, a really big game Thursday, and then I think this next week is just uh, really big in the sense that they have the Blue Jackets twice. Like that could be a huge swing. It's a home and a home. Uh, a home and home set that uh, could really be a huge swing. But. Yeah, and I just had to look this up just to be sure because you talk about Seth Jones, even Seth Kucherov had a uh, kind of a looks like a possible hyper extension of his knee okay. in last night's game. We're recording this on Wednesday, so it would have been Tuesday night's game. Not sure if that's gonna you know see the lightning in a different yeah. um, setting, but yeah, that's another injury. Things add up, and yeah. we're hoping you know for the Flyers that doesn't end up for them and they stay healthy. It's very important, but yeah, tough schedule for sure. And I love the way you put a tone on that because just you can talk so much about a loss. There's little things that went wrong last night, but going back to what we said at the top of this, what matters is how you respond to this. So we're putting that one aside. The Flyers will too. You got to move on. There's no time yeah. to dwell on it. Um, even Sean Couturier post game, like he, you know, didn't seem, we've seen a negative Couturier. And even in that moment for him to score that goal and just have all that hype and then just see it taken away and they end up going home empty handed, seeing the way that he sort of responded, he wasn't overly positive, but he seemed like focused. He yeah, seemed he like did. putting this aside and focusing on the next thing. Yeah. So we're all going to do that. And yes. um, anyway, for this team, though, it's very important to put that aside. Taking on the Florida Panthers, a team that they certainly proved themselves against at home 
in their house, though, it, it's not going to be easy. Um, you talk about this next stretch of games, but what do you think is is the ceiling for this team right now? What have the Flyers really proven to you? Because for me, it's it's their resiliency, sure. um, and I don't want to speak too soon on that, but the way this season before these final 30 games, the way this season has gone is they don't let these games add up one after the next. Um, and what have, what have you seen from that? At least what could we – maybe see down the road here yeah I spoke to Jacob Vorchek the other day uh before um well morning skate I'm sorry it was Monday Monday morning we spoke it's to a him busy at week John, yeah, and we're, we're like to, okay this days. game happened here and yeah I'm How right there with we're you trying to think of which I know and sorry for, sorry everyone but it's Wednesday it's, right it mixes together <laughs> yep it's Wednesday we have a busy week of yeah. hockey <laughs> no but we'll take all the games so that's good yeah um, I love it yeah I was talking to Jacob Vorchek Monday morning he thought that was a huge difference uh, in this team compared to last year was that last year they would let these losses kind of linger and spread into a losing streak. This year, they've really responded. They they haven't had a real long losing streak. Um, so I, I absolutely think that's one of the biggest strengths of this team. I think it's a real tight-knit locker room. They like As Taryn was telling us on the last podcast, they all get along. It's a really uh, close locker room, and I think that's really paid dividends. Uh, in the schedule, uh, when they when they have a clunker, they come right back. Like, you know, you lose. They lost five nothing to the Devils at home, and then they come back and go. Gosh, into, I don't even want to think about that again. But I forgot yeah. about it. I really did. Right again, and and I think they helped everyone. And you hope you about forget it. about it. Right. Right. It, heck, you know, if they come out and they absolutely smash the Panthers or jump down their throats, no one's really going to remember that Islanders game. If they come out and they have another tough first period, and they lose to Florida, and then all of a sudden you're sweating two big games coming up against Columbus, then like yeah, you're going to remember those games where like oh, well, we could have gotten a point in that Islanders game, and um, how do we let that one slip? And then, so, yeah, it's all about how they respond. And they, this might be the toughest one for them to get back up from. Um, just in the way they lost, in the magnitude of the game. Uh, but so I think but anything's kind of better than a 5 nothing shutout at home to the New Jersey Devils. Yes. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I think some fans are saying, hey, at least they came back and <laughs> yeah. made it a game. Uh, they obviously did not make the Devils game a game. Yeah. Uh, that was... Uh, that was done before uh, it even started. So, uh, yeah, I think resiliency, Katie. Um, is there anything else that's really stood out to you with this team? Uh, Travis Konechny. Okay. Yep. Three um, points away from his uh, new career high. Travis Konechny. And it's kind of interesting. I mean, we've seen his I'll, – I'll put quotes on it, consistent scoring, because he has been there. He has been setting up so many different plays. Even yeah. last night um, he set – I think it was Bonneman was playing with him for a second. Yeah, they maybe were like in the middle of like a change. Or right, something. right, yeah. and it, it, Bonneman seems like you know he's capable of doing it, but he just seemed like he wasn't ready for that kind of oh, sweet play. Oh, I think play. I saw it too. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh! But Connecting yeah. has so much talent um, offensively for this team, defensively too. I, I would love to go back to talking about the Florida Panthers game, the way he was throwing himself. You don't always see a forward just jumping right in front of a slap shot. I don't know if he would go in front of Pollock shot last night if he was on there, but you don't see him all the time you don't see a forward all the time just throwing themselves in front of a shot and how many block shots did he have five he had five. Oh my god career high and it's pretty cool it's an all-star it's a young kid yeah you know i know i call everyone a kid but like he's only 20 uh i think he's 22 um oh that little 22 yeah, year old 22 huh, year old and an all-star he, you know he he could easily <laughs> let that get to his head and say you know i don't need to do that type of stuff 
But no, he blocks. Yeah, like you said he blocks five shots. Well, even that game, it's like crucial. he blocked a shot and then he goes and gets hit against the boards yeah. and then he gets back up again. And I'm like, oh gosh. I mean, I think he's gonna be heading down the tunnel. Like yeah. he needs a little break. He's just right back out there again. I'm like, you can't. Yeah. You can't knock this guy down. No, his energy. He's so tough. Yep. And he said, uh, coming after he signed his contract, he said he had a lot of time to think this summer and he just thought about like his his game. And I think maybe he always thought he used to focus a little too much on offensive production. And he said he just really thought about being a team player and like leaving it all out there every single night and going home and sleeping happy if he if he knows he did that. Uh, so I think he really did um, have some self reflection this summer and wanted to come in and just do whatever it takes. And I think we've seen that. Like he doesn't care if he scores. Um, he's blocking shots. I think he even got slashed on the hand during the second period, and he was shaking his hand. And Vigneault definitely looked like he checked on him. And he was like, like "Are you sure?" And he's still. And then going. he went back out and blocked more shots. Like, and that, how do you not want that kind of player on your team? Right. I mean, if you're the rest of those forwards, you're even a young rookie. You see a player like Travis Konechny, so talented, so capable. He's throwing himself in front of a shot, like five of them in yes. one game. Yeah. I would love to know, like what his max has been in a game this season. But I think five is probably one of his highest. Yeah, no, five. We actually looked it up. Um, some of the writers and I, we were looking at it. And uh, it's, his, it's his career high. So, gosh, yeah, he had never blocked that many shots. So that was pretty cool to see. You look over, you look at the stat sheet, and you're like, is that a shouldn't that You got to love the passion. Shouldn't that five be next to Robert Hegg's name or something like that? Gosh. Um, so, no, I think he's been nothing but a positive uh, this season. And the guy that I think the Flyers will have to rely on, too. Uh, down the stretch. What about uh, after that Capitals game, Niskanen getting interviewed in his stall, and then you just hear Connect Me. Uh, this is on the Flyers' Instagram, Twitter, I believe, too, if fans want to go look <laughs> at it. But it was so funny. Uh, Niskanen's getting interviewed. I, we, we had this in post-game sound, and, and Connect Me's in the background. Apparently, he had the ox. I don't know. Yeah. But you hear the music, and then you hear a replay of the goal. You hear JJ's JJ. voice. <laughs> like, yeah, everybody scores! And then you hear Connect Me, like, go back to the music. He's like, sorry, boys, that was my phone. Yeah. <laughs> and Kevin Hayes. Watching his own, you know, set up to Kevin Hayes for that goal. Exactly. Just They're watching it together. And Kevin Hayes was like his hype man. He was like, effing right, TK. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh like, yeah, like, play it on the mic. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. But those two have become really close, I know, in terms of uh, friendship, too. Uh, and they're just two fun personalities. Um, well, we had Taryn on here telling us even about Kevin Hayes. I mean, anybody. I feel like Kevin Hayes brings out the best in anyone. Um, I don't know anything, but from what you, you know, the nicknames and everything, he just has so much fun in there. Yeah, he calls him Tiki Bar. How do yes, you not exa- love that? Exactly. Um, and I think that's a huge reason why this locker room is a lot different this year. I think you yeah. brought in some good personality. Matt Niskin, and even we always joke that he's like real quiet and to himself. But you saw him; he, he was laughing as TK and Kevin Hayes were. Uh, putting on a show there. He's from Minnesota. Of course, he's great. Of course, you know? exactly. I love people from Minnesota. It's some of my favorite. Jordan, people that is from so Minnesota. kind of you. Gosh, that's so nice. Um. Um, so no, I I think they've they've gotten some new personalities in there, um, different personalities. Matt Niskanen, Elaine Vigneault said at one point during the year that he's real quiet, like a quiet leader. But when like when he talks, people listen, um, and you see it. Uh, like when the Flyers will post like their um, player of the game helmet, and Niskanen got it one time, and if you look at all the players in the locker room, like they're all like very like intently like looking at him, because um, I think they know it's a fun moment, but they probably know Niskanen's gonna say something that they want to hear. So, uh, yeah, some yeah, fun, cool. some different, some different voices that I think have helped the locker room. I think it r- truly will help the Flyers 
over these final 25 games. Niskanen's always so serious, too, the way he, you know, genuine answers. He, yeah. like, thinks about everything he's going to say. Um, certainly a, a guy that I look forward to hearing what he's got to say in each postgame show. I'm like, okay, yeah. we're tossing a Niskanen. You know we're going to get something out of this, whether it's a win or a loss. Um, but, yeah, all around. I, I feel like we've talked a little bit about forwards. We've talked about defensemen. A big topic now, the goaltenders. Finally, we see Carter Hart get back in net after nine games um, with an injury. He had a pretty good performance, too, at home. I mean, I say pretty good, but it was it was solid. Um, yeah. I, he let that early goal in, but he carried himself. A trend we've seen with Carter Hart this season has been let it, if he lets in that first goal, it, it kind of like um, snowballs. Sure. The words aren't coming for me today. That's fine. But it's a snowball effect, and, I mean, sometimes he struggles the rest of the game. But we see him get back in net. He hasn't played in nine games. He's been practicing, though. He was ready for that. I mean, he, we talked to him after practice. It's like he was healthy for so long. Yeah. So kudos to the medical staff, just making sure they're positive that he is ready to go. He will be good. Yep. Um, you could tell he was ready to get back in net, though. Um, and yep. that was just a big positive, at least for me, to see him recover from that and help the team secure a win at home. Yeah, and Elaine Vigneault said after that game, like structurally they weren't that good. Like they allowed the Florida Panthers to get some really like high quality chances, and I thought it was great to see Carter Hart just get in there, kind of stand on his head, recover from that first yeah. early goal, and uh, like we've talked about, Katie timely saves. Like he gave them a bunch of them. Um, I thought that was great, and because uh, if you think about it, say he has a tough game, lets that first goal, like you said, maybe snowball into a really rough alley, and then like. Then maybe he's fighting his confidence. He's thinking about, man, I've missed some time. Um, when's my next game? Uh, it's looking like he'll see Florida again on Thursday. So he would have to see that same team. So I thought that was a massive storyline in that game was that he came out feeling good. Uh, he looked good and got them a big win. I think that's huge because um, for the most part, I think they're going to start to ride him down the stretch. Like they will use Brian Elliott, of course, but um, when the games are really like do or die, like we must have this, um, I think they're going to roll with Carter Hart. And I, would you agree that that would probably sh probably should start to shift yeah. uh, Vigneault's mindset that like you got to go with your number one in the biggest game? Yeah, no, and I think if you look at it with Carter Hart's situation, yes, he can handle it. Um, he's an NHL goaltender. He's capable of any team. Um, he should be. But I think for him it's an advantage, the fact that he just – you know, win against the Panthers, and now he just gets to mimic that. Of course, I would expect they're going to be coming out with some more energy. The Panthers, we can expect them wanting yep. to get back on it uh, against the Flyers. So, but I think for him, it's an advantage, a, a benefit that he just saw this team, and now he's going to take them them on again, not mess around any games in between. But yeah, I would assume um, he will be a net. Yeah. But we we will see. Uh, Carter Hart has been a player that we've talked about obviously a lot this season. But the word we use a lot for him is maturity. Um, fans know he's mature. We, or I would think a lot of fans would know he's just a very mature 21-year-old. And Jordan, just the way we talk uh, to him after practices, you've even seen him after games. He's so he is so mature, but he's so respectful as a 21-year-old yeah. um, player. And not saying 21-year-olds aren't respectful, but it's like for me even I'm like, wow, I, I you know I look up to this guy in a way. Yeah. But uh, Carter Hart is is one of those guys too. With this injury situation, it's he matured to a whole nother level. You know he's a competitor. He wanted to get out there, and we talked about this another time last uh, year for him, the way he took himself um, back into the game, and, and it ended up not being a good thing for him. Yeah. Uh, just to see him mature in that level, to take the time to listen to the trainers and just pull himself from practice in the first place, but recover from this one and 
understand the importance of this playoff push and understand his importance to this team. I mean, what would you say from even the conversations we've had with him after practice? No, he really is. He's a fun guy to be around uh, just to see how mature he is for 21 years old. Yeah. I remember when he first got drafted and he came to development camp and he was around 18, 19. And uh, I think it was when he was 18. And then we saw him the summer after when he was like 19, got the chance to talk to him. And like, yeah, you can't believe you're talking to like a teenager. Like you really couldn't. Yeah. He, he sounded like a veteran goalie, like in his like late 20s. Um, so he's been impressive ever since I've met him uh, and got gotten the chance to talk to him. But he really is fun to see at their practice. Like, can you remember the other day we were trying to like get him to like admit like maybe like if they had circled a game for his return and he was smart enough to know like uh day by day um yeah you know i'll see what when i talk to the medical staff like he wasn't going to give us he that. knows what to say right yeah. so uh He's he got would, it all figured out right he has it all figured out so i thought that was funny because that just spoke to his maturity that uh he really was taking it day to day and he wasn't going to let us know like when he was possibly coming back uh but i think that's great for the flyers that they i i think if it was a different goalie, maybe with a different mindset uh, at that age, maybe you would think twice about putting them out there for these big games. I, I think with Carter Hart, I don't think there's any doubt within his teammates, the organization, or the coaches that he can go out there in a big game and, and be fine. So uh, I think that's massive for the Flyers coming down the stretch that they have a kid that's so mature, totally gets it, and uh, I don't think the moment's going to be too big for him. Yeah, most certainly. Something I just sort of realized, you don't have a cup of coffee. I don't. Are you ill? Uh. <laughs> What's wrong with you, question mark? This well, isn't normal, everyone. Jordan Hall always has I do. at least a what? good 16-ouncer in his hand. I kind of want to know where you got your coffee from. Jordan, I don't know how many times I have to tell you, but these cute little cups I bought from... Is that homemade? ShopRite. Okay. And um, the, this is homemade from a Keurig. That's awesome. Yeah, not all the time, um, but I, there, I like to. Is there a reason you didn't bring me in any coffee? I, I literally <laughs> asked everyone the other day if they needed coffee. Um, ben, you're on your phone, but you know I asked. I'm a team player up in here. You know what Ben's doing? He's looking for the text right now from you oh. about the coffee. Katie did ask about coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. Oh, <laughs> right. I forgot about that. I did though. I'm a team player. You are. I the other day I offered. You did. So and you can't you turn that down. And for those listening out there, Katie also brought in a, a huge bin of pretzels for. Oh, the I was Flyers waiting for pop. what I. I was like, what did I do? No, <laughs> nothing bad. Um, yeah, you know, uh, just a team player. You are a team player. Up in here, um, I love you, my you coworkers. Would, you would fit well in the Flyers locker room. Oh my gosh, that's such an honor. Like you really would. I feel like I would just be too much of like a. Hey there, kiddos. Yeah. What are we doing today? Like, <laughs> Let's get fucked <books> deep. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine like, me going in there, giving them the like pep talk? All right. Yeah. Full 60 boys, bodies in front. Um, pucks deep. I'm getting carried away today. <laughs> and then they'd be like, she said that last game as well. No, I really and don't know how that 50. would go. Yeah, I, I really think I would resonate with your uh, Tyler Pitlick, your Justin Braun, Matt <laughs> yes. Niskanen, of course. Um, but other than that. Some Minnesotans. Just some Minnesota nice up in there yes. uh, in that locker room. But yeah. Uh, I, I really just I try to bring out the best in, in you guys to bring you some coffee. Mm -hmm. um, but just, yeah, kind of concerned for you, my friend, that you don't have one. Uh, we're going to get past this. We're going to move on. Yeah, how about when we, we'll go up into the content room, we'll, we'll brew a fresh cup and, um, and talk about getting Maybe. pucks deep. Maybe. I'll, yeah. I'll see You're if leaving, I can pencil that in. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay, I'm actually so excited. So I know everyone that's been listening has just been waiting for the hockey joke of... 
the day. We got to make them wait because, like, like if you gave it off the jump, like they would just they would leave because that's what they wait for, you know. This is the lamest joke ever, but I love it. Is it appropriate? I absolutely love it. Of course, it's appropriate. Is it, is it the same? No, okay. it's not. <laughs> Enough from you. Um. All right, hockey joke of the day. We should do a little intro for that, like build it up. Sure. Hockey we'll joke of the day, Jordan. And I hope this one doesn't fly over your head like the last one did, <laughs> the last couple. Why is the hockey rink hot after the game? I have no idea. Is that your final answer? Yes. Because all the fans have left. Oh. oh. Do you get it? I did. It actually took me a second. <laughs> Derek? Derek, your thoughts? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> Keep it down, please. Down. I kind of like the, I kind of like the Blue Jackets one. I wish we could say that one. Oh, Given okay. the Blue Jackets are on the docket uh, coming up. No, we're not going to use that nope, one. Not. We'll use that one another. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> my producer is pressuring me to tell you all this, this other joke, and you get bonus material today. So... <laughs> I feel so horrible. I feel so bad. Columbus Blue Jackets. Anyway, glad we got past that. Yes. Thanks for laughing at my hockey joke of the day, Thank Jordan. Thank you for sharing those hockey jokes. They honestly are like something I look forward to every single day. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's like the nicest thing. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just thought you'd just bring some spice to the pod every day. and Maybe um, next time you'll just bring some coffee, too. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> now I feel a little attacked. No. So on that note, no, I'm kidding. Um... We try to have fun, and we you do. know what, Jordan? I hope we can have more fun on the next episode if the Flyers have a big win. I know. I felt like we were, you know, we wanted to have fun today, but you know, they did come off a five-three uh, demoralizing loss. <laughs> you, you know, you can't avoid those. You got to talk about them and just get pucks deep next time. And, yeah, you know, and we'll play do. that full sixty. And all right, this yeah. is enough from us today. Uh, Flyers looking to bounce back, of course, after a tough loss to the Islanders. We will be back, hopefully, with some better news on the next pod. Yes. But, of course, expect some more jokes because, you know, That's laugh at my jokes, too. Please. Yeah, please great. laugh at I them. hope you guys enjoy them. Um, yes. As always, feel free to tweet us. I'm at Katie Emmer. I am at MBCS. Yes. As always, we would love to hear any uh, subjects or if you love my jokes or if you have a golden retriever like Jordan does and you don't bring it into work to show your friends. Whoa. Um, anything you ever <laughs> want to do, send us anything. Copy that. <laughs> I mean, not anything, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sure. That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to wrap it up for today's Flyers Talk podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Katie Emmer. And I'm Jordan Hall. Rate us, subscribe us wherever you get your podcast, and we will see you do next it. time. Do it. Do it. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. 
New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.